You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In this week's episode, Father Paul begins his discussion of Genesis chapter 32, noting the Bible's tendency to belittle the main protagonist to the glory of God. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Esau was the face of God's grace toward Jacob. He considered him as his enemy, he was afraid of him, but he proved to be the face of God. Very interesting. It's practically the basis of the parable of the Good Samaritan. But anyway, let's go for 32. Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. The messenger, when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's army. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Mahanaim is the dual of camps. And thus, you know, it reflects the original. And here again, you know, unless one knows the original language, one cannot hear or see or fathom the link between army and the name Mahanaim. Technically, what is translated as army in English is Mahane. It is the camp of God. You see how ultimately the translation is misleading. The translation is like a Hollywood movie based on a book. And how many people among us who have read those books, I hear this from my son Bassam all the time. No, Dad, you have to read the book. But that's what we do. And we base our thoughts on this. So this is God's Mahane, and the place is called Mahanaim. And you could see that he's preparing for chapter 33. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. That's something also very interesting, that Esau is linked to Seir and Edom, which are the mountains of the Revelation. That's also a dig against Jacob. I don't know if I commented on this before, but this is how it works even even in the prophetic books and that could not be brushed aside it is intentional to belittle the main protagonist always to the glory of god as paul said in conjunction with jesus that ultimately is to the glory of God and that is reflected in the story of Jesus faltering at Gethsemane. He almost wanted to get out of the business. So we have to be very careful when we glorify Jesus 
in the same way as we glorify in God. I mean, it's anti-biblical. Even in the doxology, when I listen to it, you glorify only God and also His Son. It's phenomenal, this only and. How could one use only and? It is a reflection of the teaching that ultimately the real power, the threat, the arrogance, the terror is God's. So Esau, Seir and Edom is very important and he sends, I call him the wimp, he sends messengers ahead of him, the children, the wives and so on, so that he would gain the benevolence of Esau, as we say the captatio benevolentiae, which shows you he was still afraid of Esau and Esau will prove to be God's touch of grace. Again I mentioned earlier the Samaritan. Very important text. Verse 8 If Esau comes to the one company and destroys it then the company which is left will escape. You know how in verse 7 he divides the people in two you know to protect himself. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, very interesting, O Lord who did say to me, return to your country and your kingdom will do good. I'm not worthy of the least of the steadfast love and all the faithfulness which thou hast shown to thy servant, for with only my staff I've crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. You could hear, it's a false modesty, it's a basic arrogance. And this will prepare to the great number of the people that left Egypt. You remember the beginning of the book of Exodus. These are the names of the people that went down only as 70 and then their number increased greatly. Okay, that is the criticism against the human beings in the Bible, that they rely on numbers which reflects human power. Let's jump to the New Testament. You have the same thing with Jesus in the garden. Why did you come with so much company, you know, I was with you all the time. And It's a underlying feature. And then his misunderstanding deliver me I pray thee from the hand of my brother from the hand of Esau for I fear him lest he come and slay us all the mothers with the children and that's the play against him that he fears Esau ki yare that is the verb to fear from which we have Yir'ah and Yir'at Yahweh, the fear of the Lord. Again, one has always to check with the original to see if it is really the same root and only then you are struck. If you fear the Lord, why should you fear anyone else? That's the trouble with Jacob, because he fooled his brother earlier. 
But thou didst say, I will do good and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered. Here we have another word than afar. We have whole, a different word. Okay, which expresses also multitude. So, he took a present in verse 13. He lodged there that night, took from what he had with him a present which is minha, offering. Technically present. 200 goats and so on and so forth. And passed before me. And when he asks you, you say, verse 18, they are minha from my brother. And notice his thought, always the cunning, he wants it both ways. At the end of 24 he thought, I may appease him with the present that goes before me, and afterwards I shall see his face, perhaps he will accept me. And we have this passage, which is important at this juncture, because it deals with the change of name of Jacob into Israel. And here again it is misunderstood because it is presented as Jacob being a hero and he fought with God and he was able to prevail and get his blessing. But it's a misreading of the text. Let's go to the original. And Jacob, verse 24, was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, very important, Eric. And Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And that is so important because in 31-32, the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel limping because of his thigh. So Jacob's prevailing success was not without a blemish, which is so important that it became a mark for Jacob and his descendants that the author says in 32, therefore to this day the Israelites do not eat the sinew of the hip which is upon the hollow of the thigh because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh on the sinew of the hip meaning that it's a sign for all the ages that Israel, the forefather, has a sign that shows that he did not prevail fully in his fight with the man. He was marked with a blemish, with a weakness in that center of power which is the thigh. But let's go back to the story. He say, I will not let you go until you bless me. The blessing was that your name shall be no more Jacob but Israel, for you have striven as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and have prevailed. But this is obviously ironical because from the rest of the story as I just explained to you he did not 
prevail fully. He was marked and it is only by the will of God that Jacob will become ultimately Israel with this mark of weakness and that is very hard to channel because we are programmed to understand Israel literally in the way the text is putting it. Now before I go in detail I would like to remind my hearers that in chapter 17 where we have the change of name from Abram to Abraham it is ironical, tricky, namely that the explanation of the name Abraham as being the father of many nations and also Sarah will be the mother of many nations is technically connected with Abram because Abram means mighty father or father of many but Abraham if you take into consideration the Arabic which has the word of Ruhum which is the weakling lamb and here I appeal to Ezekiel chapter 34 because those who know the original would know that and would realize immediately that there is an irony but the people don't accept that I remember I had this discussion with one of my former students who was doing his studies in Old Testament no but Father Paul the text explains it that way but I know but it doesn't fit and that's it's a play against you that it is in your being not able notice how Abraham could not have children and he had to make the deal with his wife to have Hagar and so on I mean you could see he's making fun and then they both laughed and the name was Isaac you know the story we talked about it here we have something similar if one considers the Semitic root that we still have in Arabic it's a prayer that I say all the time when I travel okay you learn it from the Muslims but it's a general prayer Ya Rabbi, O Lord, yassir wa la tu'assir. In Arabic, yassara, and you could see the root of sara, to make things flowing, moving, to allow you to walk without any trouble. The antonym is assara, which is to make it difficult. So it's nice in Arabic, it's corresponding. Ya Rabbi, yassir, make things flow easily. Wala tu'assir, and do not make the trip difficult. Now this is what we have in Hebrew. Yisrael, it's a yod, followed by a sin, followed by a resh, yassar, and then el. And thus, in my estimation, this is what this name reflects that Jacob being able to keep going on the right path is the work of God and not his effort and this is what is reflected in this fight with this man that represents God a messenger or whoever you want to consider the Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.